All right. All right, so uh, I want to ask if you personally give me some grace today. Uh, this is something that's been on my heart for a while, and I'm not pretending that I don't know what my role is here. I'm a worship pastor. Uh, I've been the worship leader here now for a little over 10 years. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so, you know, I want you to have grace with me. I'm going to have grace with you as we talk about what we're going to talk about today. And um, it's about praising the Lord. The title of the message today is, Will You or Want You? Um, and, you know, I know some of you have already, you're studious people, you've already looked at the notes, so you probably already figured out what it was, right? Uh, and it's another sermon from me about singing and praising the Lord. Well, you're right, it is, sort of. Um, but what we're actually going to talk about today is free will. Um, so if you have a Calvinist background, if you're tuning in live, you're a Calvinist, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and when we get that out of the way, you're going to have a tough time today. Uh, Calvinists and the, the Reformed theology, that whole mindset is always kind of a, an enigma to me because it's selective Calvinism. So uh, God, in his sovereignty, according to what they say, uh, has predetermined who's going to get saved, uh, but he doesn't predetermine anything else. So if God is complete, if God is perfect, then that whole concept really doesn't add up. God either has free will or he doesn't have free will, right? Uh, so today, as we're going to talk about what we're seeing in Scripture about praising the Lord, we're going to see that it's biblical, and we're going to see that it pleases God. And choosing not to, and it is a choice, is not biblical, and it doesn't please God. So uh, let's, let's pray, and we'll get started today. Dear God, we love you. Uh, I'm thankful that you've allowed us to be here today. I thank you for just the opportunity to praise you. I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it's, you give us the breath that we breathe, dear God. I pray it's nothing, it's just reasonable that we give it back to you. Uh, I do pray uh, for the Collins family. Uh, I pray you just continue to bless their ministry. Uh, I pray for Jay and Colin as they're preaching today, or may have already preached, I'm not really sure, but uh, just continue to bless them as they are, are working in Kenya uh, to get everything up and running for Sean, and I know that they're uh, having a good time. I pray you just bless them, dear God. I do pray uh, that you just help us today as we study, as we look at your word. Uh, I know that I'm nothing, Every, and everybody here knows that, so if we, we can get that out of the way, we're good, but uh, you are everything, dear God, and I pray that you would speak through me today, get me out of the way, let your Holy Spirit teach us today, as only he can, uh, and pray that it's profitable for you. Uh, we love you, and all these things we ask in Christ's name, amen. All right, so uh, first point we want to make today is why we praise the Lord. Uh, why would we do it? Well, first thing, God desires your praise. He desires it. Uh, Genesis 1.31 says that, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And you know the creation story. You know the, uh, what, what happened. He went through six days. He made everything. Uh, and then when he got to the end, he said it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Um, so God, just like he established everything else in Genesis, established what was good and what wasn't good. He established what was very good, 
And we're going to see what he has said was not good in just a minute as well. Um, so Psalm 54, 6 says, I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. And what I've done today is every one of these verses that are out of the Psalms says, I will. I will praise the Lord. So David is already establishing that I will or I won't. I won't do it. So he's saying he's going to, right? Um, Psalm 52, 9 says, I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it, and I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. You know, God through his Holy Spirit inspired David to say that praising his name is good, just like going back all the way to the garden or going back to Genesis, that it was good. Um, so if you think about, for you married folks here, if you're married, raise your hand. Okay. Uh, particularly for the men. If you, you know, my wife got her hair done this week. It looks great. Uh, and so she came in. It doesn't look good. It looks great. And so she came in, and, she, and I, she didn't have to say, how does my hair look? I immediately said, your hair looks good because I'm a smart man. <laughs> so you think about your spouse. If you never said anything looked good, if you never thanked them, if you never complimented them, um, after a while, then there's probably going to be an issue at your house, right? More on this later. So, uh, so if praising the Lord is good, and God said it was, and David said it was, right? Amen? Okay. So if praising the Lord is good, then we can only deduce that not praising the Lord is what? It's real deep, Right? So we can either do it and it's good to God, if we do it biblically, and there'll be more on that in a minute, or we can not do it and it's not good. Genesis 2.18 said, The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Isaiah 65.2 says, I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. So God has some things that he thinks are good, and he has some things that he thinks are not good. Uh, so let's keep that in mind as we go. Next, God requires your praise. And notice what I'm saying there. He requires it. Now, when I was a kid, my dad had a saying about wanting and needing things, and it obviously can't be repeated here. But, sorry, Dad, if you're watching. But. <laughs> Wants and needs are two different things. God doesn't need your praise. God doesn't need anything from you or anything from me. God wants things from you. He desires things from you. And he requires some things from you. As you, you see in the, God's word, that he makes covenants, right? I'll do this and you do that. Right? He establishes that. So, um, you, raise your hand if you're saved today. Praise the Lord. You're in a covenant with the Lord right now. You see, you thought when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you thought it was free, right? It is, sort of. Uh, Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So when you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you are immediately placing headship on him in your life. 
So you are designating him as your Lord. Acts 9, 1 through 6, and hopefully you can still read that. Uh, And Saul, yet breathing out the threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? First thing out of his mouth. He established that he doesn't know know the Lord as the Savior, but he's already saying, You are the Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So once we confess that Jesus is the Lord of our life, then we are required to acknowledge that before the world. To not do that is not following through on our commitment to him when we got saved. You're still saved, but you made a commitment that he's Lord of your life. And people need to hear that. So one of the most obvious ways that we can do that is with our voice. So first key, our praise should be visible and audible. I know I've heard it. I've heard it my whole life. Well, I just can't sing. Or... um, you know, I, I just pray, I just sing really softly, or I'll sing in my heart. Um, the problem with that is the verses that we're going to see. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-five: 25. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. Even Jonah, a rebellious uh, prophet, understood this. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that. I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. Psalm 35, 18, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. So we see from Scripture that praise is associated with a vow or a promise. And we also see that it's in the great congregation. Well, that sounds like church to me. Next, God rewards your praise. Psalm 41 through 3. Says to the chief musician, a psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out also of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. So if God has given you a voice, He's given you breath. Uh, and he saved you from the miry clay. He's brought you up out of the horrible pit when he saved you. He's put your feet upon a rock. He's established your goings. Then it's just reasonable that we should praise him. And the result of that is many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. So we all said, we said we're saved. But if people don't see us praising the Lord, just like if I never said anything good about my wife... For other people to hear it, they would probably think I don't really love my wife. Or she's not worthy of me saying, you know, that I love her. So if people, other people, and particularly in this verse, it's talking about lost people. If lost people never see you praising the Lord, if they never hear you praising the Lord, well, guess what they assume? He's just really not worthy of singing of. 
Acts 16. You're going to have to turn here so this wouldn't fit on the screen. Acts 16. Turn your Bibles. I want to hear some pages. Chris, have you, have you worked on that? I told you I need that sound. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so. Chris is our special effects guru, so. He was, he was supposed to give me some pyro and some smoke today, too, and he didn't do that. But, so. I love Chris. Uh, Acts 16, starting verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them. This is Paul uh, and Silas. Uh, they've just... Uh, got put into prison because, for preaching the word of God. And the magistrates rent off their clothes. And actually, not just as they preach the word of God, they've actually uh, gotten one of a prophetess, you know, a false prophet, prophetess saved. And it's cost, uh, cost the, the city a lot of money. And so uh, they've been put in jail because of that. It says, when they have laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, cha- charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the end of prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. So, you know, when we had that verse earlier about being disquieted, uh, you know, I was a little disquieted last night around midnight because, of, you know, our team lost. And, you know, and then I had another hour to stew about it because, you know, we kept set our clocks back. So, you know, but it, it, the time didn't matter. To Paul, it didn't matter to Silas because God was worthy of praise regardless of their situation. Uh, they prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. Now, God obviously heard them, but there was a reason because it was biblical that they were praising so other people would hear. It wasn't enough just for them to pray it. It wasn't enough just for them to say it softly. They had to praise God audibly and visibly. And when the prisoners heard in verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Not just Paul and Silas. Everybody's. That's a great picture of salvation there. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. I don't know about you guys. But if I've just got broke out of prison at midnight, I'm hitting the road, like as fast as I can get out of there. But none of them left. He let, they all stayed. Uh, Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, if he had been carnal like me and hit the road, Guess what? Those guys don't get saved. He gets killed. He goes to hell. 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thine house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. So the result of them praising the Lord was people got saved. And if they don't do it, they don't get saved. So our praise can make a difference in somebody's life. It can be the thing that draws them to the Lord. So I know you guys are all smart people. Um, how many college graduates do we have here? And just associate, man, you guys are really smart. Uh, so associates, you know, some of you probably got masters, PhDs. Uh, I, went to, I got two associates. I don't know if that counts as one bachelor's or, you know, so anyway. 
Uh, I went to a lot of different colleges. So, so we've got really smart people here. You're familiar with the Law Day system, right? Right? You know what that is? It's a Latin phrase that we use to describe recognition of academic excellence. You know, you, you have the Law Day system, which recognizes three levels of honor graduation. You have cum laude, which is with praise, right? Magna cum laude is, means with great honor. And summa cum laude was with highest honor, right? Right? Just, did I get that right? Okay, I, I, I copied it down off of Google, so I thought it was right. So, <laughs> so, but the, so there's two ways that you can apply this. So these are, there's three levels that you can have of highest praise, right? First, how would we rate our praise of the Lord? Would, we, would it shake this foundation? Second, how would God rate our praise? Would he even acknowledge it? Just something to think about. Number two, why we don't praise the Lord. And there are several things that I've seen in Scripture. First is not being spirit-filled. So you may say, well, wait a minute, I'm saved. I've got, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. You get all the Holy Spirit that you're ever going to get as soon as you get saved. That's all you're ever going to have. But you can quench it. You can grieve it. You can press the Holy Spirit so far down that he has no room for occupation in your heart and in your life. Uh, he's still there. He's still alone for the ride. But there's other things that are filling uh, that space. Uh, Ephesians six or Ephesians five eighteen and nineteen. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what we do, you know, that fifteen minutes that before we get started is very important because we are teaching each other through song. Um, we, you know, we really try to do a good job of not. We go through the words, we make sure that they're scriptural, we make sure that they're biblical, um, and we really try to make sure that we are, they are based on scripture. Uh, and if you ever find one that's not, please come see me, and I'll stop singing it. If you tell me it's not biblical, I'll stop singing it. I promise you. Um, and that's a, that's a, God is my witness. Uh, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians three fifteen and 16. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So part of the problem I think that we experience is because we haven't spent time in God's word before we get here on Sunday morning. We haven't let the, the word of God and word of Christ is not dwelling richly within us. So we really... When we hear the, the scripture and, and Bible that we're singing, it's foreign to us. Now, I'm not saying you don't love God. I'm not saying you're, you're not. I'm just saying that we are not prepared before we get here. That's all I'm saying. Um, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, next, lack of thankfulness. Or you could put thanksgiving there. Psalm 116, 17, Psalm 116, 17 says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Again, I will do it. I will offer. I will call. Psalm 18, 48, 49. Therefore, will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. 
So a proper perspective of our redemption will naturally lead to praise. If you're really thankful that God saved you from your sins and you have spent time in his word seeing just how great a sacrifice that was, this won't be hard. It won't be. Uh, Psalm 104, enter in his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And it is unspeakable that the creator, sustainer of this universe cared enough about you and cared enough about me that he sent his only son to die for your sins and mine. He bled out his blood, God's blood, according to Acts, that you might have eternal life. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cared about you. you know, Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, or suitable to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Amen. We ought to be thankful. We ought to be able to praise him. We ought to be able to tell him. Um, lack of biblical understanding is your next key. Psalm seven seventeen says, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. You see, it's about his righteousness. If, and it, it's not about yours. It's not about mine. It's not about Jay's. It's not about anybody else's in this church. It's about the Lord's. And if we can get that in our head, that that's who we're singing to, that he's worthy of it, according to his righteousness, we won't care if anybody hears us. We won't care if we're off-key. I get off-key every Sunday. I miss several chords today. I don't care. I did the best I could. And I hope God's pleased with that. That's what, that's what every Sunday, that's what I want. I just want him to be pleased. And it hurts me when he's not pleased. Psalm 21, 13. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so we will sing and praise thy power. Key. A biblical, biblical understanding of who we are praising will change how we praise him. You know, we, we talk, we just spent... We're in Revelation on Sunday mornings, and thank God Jay didn't ask us to continue that while he's gone. Uh, he, he's like, you can preach what you want to. I said, praise the Lord, because um, it was going on chapter 5, and I was like, yeah, that looks a little tough. So, uh, Anyway, so one of the things that we've kind of seen as we go through those letters to the seven churches, and particularly when you get to Laodicea, and you know that is the church age that we live in, we have a choice whether we can participate as being a Laodicean or not as an individual and as a church. Um, but the key, as you see in that chapter and, or in that passage, is that Jesus is the only outside, right? He's looking in, try, trying to get in to have fellowship. And I wonder, you know, if that's where we are at sometimes, if he's trying to get in 
Um, I wonder if it would be different if we knew he was here. And he is here. He wants to be here. He wants to be. And again, it doesn't just start here, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. It's not just a church thing. You know, and before you think I'm picking on you today, uh, you know, our praise team has an 11-page guide of how we biblically praise the Lord. So you only got eight from me today, so you could have gotten three more. But, um, so, but this is for everybody, and, this, and the reason I say that because it doesn't come naturally. It has to be taught, and once it's taught, I think we have a lesson in discipleship on it, if I'm not mistaken, right? So it has to be taught, and so once it's taught, then it has to be walked. And if you've been through discipleship, and you've, and I'm, praise the Lord, I'm glad. But man, you ought to be the ones leading the choir. If you're a leader in this church, you know, you ought to be the one, you know, cheering everybody on, praising the Lord, and encouraging everybody else to do it. You know, I think sometimes, and I've been guilty of this, and, you know, because I do have somewhat of a music background and grew up doing religious activities with music, uh, and, you know, if you want to talk about that, take me to lunch or buy me some coffee, and we can kind of uh, talk about some of those things. Uh, but I think we get co- so caught up in our preferences uh, in regards to the style, uh, even our perception of the audio, if it's too loud or it's too soft or needs more bass or it needs this or that or, you know, whatever. Uh, and I you know, think the guys do a great job. I really do. Uh, they ought to be commended for what they do every week, putting up with me. So, um, but even sometimes I think we get caught up with who's doing the leading, or who's singing this song. Uh, and you know, used to I remember in church, it was always who, we always had a special. You had to have a special. You know, you'd have your three songs, and you get your hymn book out, and then somebody had to come up and sing a special. And depending on who got to do the special that Sunday. You know, that kind of determined how much we participated, right? If it was somebody that really could sing, well, man, praise the Lord. We're, going to get, we're really going to get into it. But if it was somebody, maybe it was on the B scale or the C scale, that's where I was at usually, out on the B or the C. And so if I was on that level, you know, well, <sighs> Cody's, praise the Lord. You know, and you'd hear on the front row, you'd, you'd hear the front row, bless him, Jesus, you know, or something like that. Bless him, Lord. I, I kind of hear my wife sometimes doing that. She thinks I've got my in-ears in, so I don't hear it, but I'm just, I'm just playing. It's actually Connor that's doing it, but anyway. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but we get, we, and so that really determined, unfortunately, because we were so uh, carnal, if we were going to really participate in the rest of the service, is what, who sang the special that Sunday? And it didn't matter what the pastor said. It didn't matter what he preached. If it, the song, what the special wasn't good, we tuned out. We're already thinking about where we're going to lunch. So that's why we don't do specials. You're welcome. So, um, you see, it's, it's ultimately not about the style. I know I've done it. So if I can get Allie to just kind of chuckle just a little bit, uh, then, you know, um, you see, it's not about the style. It's not about the quality. It's not about the softness or the loudness. It's not about who's playing that week. It's about the Lord. And if we can't get behind that, then maybe we need to get saved. 
Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. So, church, do we think He's worthy? I hope we do. And we ought to praise Him with everything we got. You you might as well do it now, because if you're saved when you get to the throne, you're going to be praising. So you might as well get some practice in now. So why do we not do it? Another reason, uh, lack of commitment. You know, there's a picture. I think I've got it. Uh, go to the next slide. Yeah, that's it. So anybody ever been to sports med? About to get a scan or come see me? Yeah. So Walt has. Walt's, uh, Walt's like paying for the doctors over there, like paying their vacation. So, uh, so as you go down the hallway, so you'll come in, you know, the MRI entrance, you'll register, you'll go through this way, and then you'll walk. When I come to get you, you'll walk down the hallway. And before you turn left to go in the scanning room, this is on the wall. I hope you guys can see this. And I'm not from Wisconsin. I, don't, I care nothing about the Green Bay Packers. Um, but Vince Lombardi said this. says, difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. So I said all that, but I just don't think we commit to do it. Now, most of us have been saved a long time. A lot of us have been through D1, MTT, whatever, however you want, whatever you want to label it. Some of us are in the LFBI. Um, now, we would all say that we should read our Bible. Amen? Amen? Right. But to do that takes diligence. You've got to actually open the book or open your device, and you've got to do it. Um, we would all say that we give our tithes and offerings, right? But that takes diligence, too. Um, doing those things doesn't just happen. You know, We have to settle in our hearts and our minds that we are going to do it. I have to physically make a choice every day that I'm going to read my Bible. I have to physically or some way, you know, my wife has to do it, that we have to actually take, do some clicking and actually take the money from one place and put it in the church account. We have to phys- it's not going to happen if we don't do it. Okay? Um, it doesn't just jump from one place to the other. You know, when we get a chance to share our testimony, we just do it. When we get a door of utterance, we just do it. We don't look at those things. I mean, we would obviously all say that we should do those things, right? Well, praising the Lord's no different. There's a reason we have lessons in discipleship on evangelism. On the Lord's, on the ordinances, on praise and worship, on tithing, because we just do it. Psalm fifty-seven, seven. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Psalm one hundred eight, one through three. O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise, even with my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. So the, the question of whether we will praise the Lord should be settled before we come to church. So it doesn't matter, you know, who's leading this week. It doesn't matter um, if, 
you know, if we have piano or we don't have piano or we got, we got the electric guitar or we don't have the electric guitar, we got the drums, we got the cajon, um, if it's me doing it, if it's Colin, whoever, it doesn't matter. I'm going to sing. Well, my throat's kind of hurting today. Sing. Do what you can. Or, you know, had a rough night and Walt's turned it up too loud. The lights aren't right. You know, it's kind of like one of those things if you could just get, you know, if you could do this and do that, then I'll praise the Lord. Don't ask me to do that again. I might throw a hip out or something. So, <laughs> Guys, it's, it's really not that complicated. We make it so complicated. It should be settled before we come to church. Psalm 30, 12. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. And I think, you know, one of the things, and, you know, maybe you don't get this opportunity, but if we're not praising the Lord here, when we have a set time to do it, I mean, we literally say, stand to your feet, and we're going to sing. Like it, I mean, you couldn't get any more, you know, clear instruction than that. If we won't do it then at the appointed time, then most likely we're not doing it at home either. And I don't, I'm not here, I love all types of music, you know. Uh, I really do, except for, I'm, New country, I don't really care for, but in rap, I don't care for, but so I actually just lied. I don't love all types of music, but, uh, but if we can sing every country song and whatever we listen to or rock or whatever, but we can't sing, we don't know the words to any Christian songs at all, then that's that's a problem, and you know. During Christmas and during, we have special services and we want our kids to come up here and sing and we, you know, we video them and we take pictures and we do all that stuff. And, but that's the only time that they're doing it is here when we have an appointed time to make them do it. They're not doing it at home. And they don't see you doing it. You know, my wife and, you know, we, we have the privilege of teaching them and homeschooling them and Part of the curriculum is, is we have a praise time. And, you know, whether it be a video or something like that, or, I mean, she goes through and we sing songs. You know, so why would we not want to do that with our kids? Why would we not want them to do that all the time? Because um, he's worthy. Number three, what if we don't praise the Lord? What are the results? Well, it just, Cody gets a, a, a sorry look on his face, and that's, that's pretty much the end of it, right? I wish it was that simple. First is a hardened heart. So any, and, you know, I'll preface this by saying any area of your life where God has given you clear instruction on something to do, whether it be, or you know, evangelism, whether it be discipleship, whether it be the ordinances, whether it be uh, tithes and offerings, whether it be fill in the blank, or whether it be singing. If you choose to say no, and you choose not to do it, then that's rebellion. It doesn't matter what the area is. It doesn't. Exodus 5.2 says, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I shall obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, 
neither will all let Israel go. Exodus 8.32, and Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would he let the people go. And so, you know, Pharaoh was a, non, was a non-believer, and God hardened his heart. So why would he not, why would God not harden yours as a believer? And that's, that is the result of it. Mark 8, 17 and 18. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason you, because you have no bread? Perceive ye not, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not. And having ears, hear ye not. And do you not remember? So, you know, I remember growing up, my dad would give me instruction of things that he wanted me to do. And I would choose to do those things sometimes. And if it's something I didn't want to do, then I acted like I didn't hear. Now, Connor, I, you, don't, you never do that, I know. So, And then, you know, Eventually, he got my attention, and I did what he asked me to do. But if we continually tune out, and any issue, if we continually tune out the things that God is instructing us to do, then he's going to get your attention one way or the other. It's called chasing the Lord. Hebrews 12, you can look it up. Um, Next, lack of hearing. Malachi 2, 1 and 2. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Again, you know, if we tune out the Lord, if we choose not to hear, then eventually uh, he's going to stop He's going to chasten you, but then don't expect to get the blessings of the Lord if you're not being obedient. You know, and I've been there. I know. I mean, I don't know why why this is happening to me. Well, maybe it's because you're you're rebel in rebellion. Maybe you're not obeying the commandments of the Lord. Um, and if that's the case, then we need to repent. Whatever area it is, Jeremiah six sixteen through nineteen. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Jeremiah 44, 16, and as for the word that has spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. God forbid that's us today. God forbid that's us any Sunday when your pastors or anybody stands up here and says, thus saith the Lord, and we would never say it audibly, right? We would never you know, get a hot mic and say, I'm not listening, but we say it with our actions. Or I'll say this, we say it with our lack of action. Uh, Amos 8, 11 says, Behold, the days come, say the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Guys, we live in a time when we have every resource. You can look up God's word online. You can find it. There's, I mean, you can get it on your phone. You can get it anywhere. 
Um, but there's places where there is, God's word is not available. And one day, I believe, very soon, it's going to become really hard to share God's word with people. I believe it's going to be hard to get access to the words of the Lord. Um, but God's word says that if we do not hear, if we choose not to hear it, then he will stop talking. He will move on uh, till we humble ourselves. Uh, James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, it's not enough to come in here every Sunday and just listen. It's not enough, whatever the topic may be. If we don't come in here different, or if we don't leave, sorry, if we don't leave here different than the way we came in, then we wasted our time. You might as well stay home and watch NASCAR or whatever it is people watch on Sundays. I don't know. But, man, when we hear God's word and we hear, thus saith the Lord, it ought to change something in us. It ought to stir something in us. There ought to be some trembling at the words of the Lord. And I've lived my life a long time not trembling at his words. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just not. And you can make that choice not to, too. Number four, what if we do praise the Lord? This was, these were really deep, you know, answers this week. So, What if we do praise the Lord? First, it gives us an opportunity to commune with the Lord. You know, uh, one of the things, let me read these first, then we'll go. So Psalm 22, 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou, that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Psalm 73, 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. You know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the spouses and, you know, complimenting them, things like that. One of the biggest things and one of the ways that I tell my wife that I love her, and it's not audibly, it's not, you know, with gifts, it's with spending time with her. That's how I can show her that I love her. When I deliberately put my schedule down or put, you know, whatever's going on in my life and I just sit down with her. And when I don't do that, then she questions whether I love, you know, do I really love her or not. And it's natural to do that because I'm doing whatever other things there are. There are. It's the same way with your children, you know, and I need to do better at this. How excited are your kids when you actually sit down, put your phone down, you know, and actually sit down and play with them or do what they want to do the way they want to do it, you know, and not try to boss them. Well, no, we're going to do it this way, right? It makes them feel connected. It makes them feel appreciated. Why do we not want that with the Lord? Why do we not want to feel connected and and Close to him. As believers, we should want to be as close to the Lord as possible. And when we do everything else but read his word, when we do everything else but tell him that we love him, when we do everything else but pray, when we do everything else but what he has told us in his word, then we're telling him we're really not that interested in spending time with him. Same way with your kids, 
Same way with your wife or your husband. Um, it's just that simple. And how do we spend time with him? Well, it's through prayer, it's through praise, and it's spending time in God's word. James 4, 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So key question, do we want to spend time in the Lord's presence today? And if, if we don't, why not? What is it that's hindering you? What is it about your life or my life that would make us uncomfortable doing prayer and praise and reading God's word? Because if we are, as a believer, if we are uncomfortable in any of these areas, it's you, it's not God. You know, anybody ever use that line when you were dating? Is it, oh, well, it's not me, it's you, right? I never did that, but anyway. I was usually getting the other way. It was, no, it's you, it's not me, you know. So, But that's the thing. It's, it's not God that is somehow lacking. It's not a deficiency that God has. It's us. Last, opportunity to demonstrate obedience. Exodus 24, 7. He took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said will we do and be obedient. Now, this is the nation of Israel. So, and why would I use this verse? Because I know what some of you guys are thinking. I know what my disciples are thinking. Wait a minute, they weren't obedient, right? You're right, they weren't. They said, we'll do it. But when it came down to it, they didn't do it. You see, everybody, you know, all, all of us have, probably have good intentions. Now, we start out the week... And I'm going to read my Bible this week. And then, you know, something starts happening. Everything starts tearing up. Uh, you get called into work. You know, fill in the blank. Uh, so when things start getting difficult, then our ability to be obedient really goes down and gets and diminishes, right? Uh, well, it's the same way with Israel. They said they'll do it, but then they wouldn't. They wouldn't be obedient. Uh, Matthew 21, 28 through 31. It says, What thank you? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. So at least he was honest, right? He said, I won't do it. But afterward, he repented and went. Verse 30, and he came to the second and said, Likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father, they say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. So, you see, it's, it's really not enough. And even after I get through with this today, you know, hopefully maybe somebody says, you know what, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a little different. I'm going to come in and I'm going to praise God or I'm going to read my Bible or I'm going to be obedient to whatever the last thing God asked me to do. But it's not enough to just say it. It's we have to do it. We have to say, I will do it and do it. First John 5, 2 says, but by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, and it doesn't end there, and keep his commandments. We have to keep them. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. 
to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. And listen to the reason I normally I probably wouldn't put the parentheses of the circumstance of why this was written or the context, but I did for a particular reason here. Uh, it says, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this psalm. And the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, from the hand of Saul. And he said, so God showed up and showed out in his life, right? He had deliverance from the Lord. And the result of that deliverance was him telling the Lord, thank you. And I love you. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the lame of the Lord, or I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You see, it was just natural. Because he wanted God to know that he appreciated it. Are you really interested in God's opinion of you? Because I'll tell you what his opinion is of you. He loves you. He loves you so much. But he demands obedience. Because of what we've talked about on, in on Revelation, the series we're going through, he's holy. And if he wasn't holy, it wouldn't matter. You could just do, be willy-nilly about what we're doing, uh, about your walk with the Lord, and it wouldn't matter. But he is holy, and so it does matter. You know, we talked last week about the peace offering. Uh, Jay did an awesome job kind of bring, bringing that, you know, going through Leviticus, tying that in with Revelation 4. And he said it was a voluntary sacrifice that was brought. And the result of that voluntary sacrifice, nobody made them do it, was a sweet savor unto the Lord. So who wouldn't want the Lord to be pleased with their sacrifice, right? He's worthy of that. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, you know, above and beyond, right? Well, that's not what it says. Which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we quote that a lot, man. Probably some of us have that. We can, you know, spout that off. I'm not real good at quoting stuff a lot of times, but I know sort of where they are. But um, we quote this passage a lot, but are we really, really, really ready to live it out? See, quoting it's not enough. Living it out is enough. And how do we do that? Well, we start by presenting our physical bodies and our voices because that's part of our body. This is real deep here. And praise to the Lord. It really is just reasonable to audibly tell the Lord that you love him. And it's not reasonable not to. All right. Park, if you would come, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about some hard things and uh, you know, it's, I, th I just think it's something that we need to bring into remembrance um, just to get a refresher for some of us, even for me. And you know, we've talked extensively today about praising the Lord. Well, maybe there's somebody here that doesn't know the Lord as their Savior. 
the scripture says, today is the day of salvation, if you will hear his voice. You know, and, and today can be your day. Um, all you have to do is come to the realization that you're a sinner because you've broken God's laws. Then you must ask Jesus to save you from your sins and accept and acknowledge his payment for your sins on the cross. Lastly, uh, just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You know, God, you can do that right now in your seat. It doesn't have to be uh, anything um, elaborate. It just needs to be heartfelt. And if you do that, man, please come see me after we get done. If you need help, please come see me. Come see Josh, Corey, find somebody. We can walk you through how to do that. You know, today's message is tough. I get it. Um, but I personally had to come to the realization myself that my idea of praising the Lord was religious this wasn't biblical. You know, maybe some of us have seen today that, you know, we need to change the way that we praise the Lord as well. Uh, you've seen that you need to start praising the Lord because He really is the only one worthy of that. Lastly, you know, if you're praising, pleasing the Lord with your praise, keep doing it. And just encourage others to engage in our corporate praise time. Lord, we love you. Uh, and you really are worthy of praise and the only one worthy of doing it worthy of receiving it, I'll say. Uh, and I really do hope that we think about what we've heard today, uh, not because of the, the one that delivered it, but because of the deliverer. You saved us. You paid, paid the ultimate price for us in Calvary that we might have eternal life. And we were so undeserving of that. There's nothing good in us. There's nothing righteous. There's nothing holy. The only thing good about us is you. And Lord, I pray that you know, we really think about that as we um, examine your word, as we spend time with you this week, just to audibly praise you. Uh, not because somebody told us to do it, because this is just reasonable, because we voluntarily offer that to, voluntarily offer that to you. And your word says you'll be pleased with that. If it comes from the heart and it's heartfelt, man, we ought to have a song for you. And I do pray that we uh, think about those things uh, to, this week. I pray that uh, we go back and study these things. And I pray that, you know, if there's something we have questions about or if there's something we want to talk about, I pray that we'd schedule a time to do it with Jay or myself. And, uh, man, I'd love to do it. I'd love to talk about the Word of God with people. Uh, Lord, I do love you. I'm thankful so thankful for the gift of salvation. I do pray that uh, you'd be with us through the rest of this week. Help us as we uh, go out into the world that we have words to speak. We have uh, a door of utterance to lift your name up to a lost and dying world because it might just be us that somebody is waiting for. And if it doesn't come from us, it won't come from anybody else. We love you. All these things we ask in Christ's precious name. part. Church, I love you, um, but I think we can do better. I know I can do better, and I think you can too, uh, so I would ask you to consider those things this week. Uh, so, I uh, did want to mention, you have my phone? Yeah, let me get that.